<laughs> That's what the big finger in your face means. I don't know what that is. And then who's gonna, usually you say, we planned this out. We thought he was going to. The Shaky Town Radio Hour is on the air. I am Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Libby Ward. I'm Bob Schreider. Today on the podcast, we are talking more about Los Angeles Zine Fest 2013. We have one of the organizers in the studio today. The best organizer. <laughs> the best. The I, I, would, I would say the best organizer. <laughs> no, that's why we're here. We're here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> Not only a zinester in her own right, an actual journalist, a teacher, one of my favorite people in Los Angeles, uh, inspiration for me to write, um, and... What other secret skills do you have? Fig you have bring, running. Fig bringer. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a skill. Fig bringer. I like yes. that. Fig bringer. Very good at shopping at ethnic markets. Wonderful. I succeed. Yes. <laughs> Bianca Berrigan. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. We've been trying to get you on for like a year. I know. It's I'm glad great. Brody's finally excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we met in the ramp up to zine fest 2012 mm -hmm. at a workshop in the center for the arts angle rock yeah okay so that was the uh and who who that was your creation or that was run by no. razor cake people it was um daryl gustin of razor cake and actually my best friend rebecca and were kind of co-teaching this workshop and it was really funny because i was putting together um la zine week which is sort of a uh I wouldn't say like a like a collaboration between different venues that support DIY year round. And it's to focus on these places and the things that they do and try and kind of, you know, get people amped up to go to them, kind of get them a little bit more exposure. And I was talking to my friend Becky and she was like, oh, you should write about this workshop uh, that I'm teaching. I was like, well, this is new information that you're teaching a workshop. <laughs> Um, and she was like, yeah, it's with the guy from Razor Cake and it's zine making. I was like, why couldn't you told me about this like <laughs> weeks ago? This is happening tomorrow. So I wrote it down on the website and I got in touch with Daryl and, um, I had initially signed up to kind of take the workshop, which I was really excited about. It was a 12 week workshop where they learn everything from assembly to building skills like interviewing. Um, they toured the... Actually, I don't oh, know if yeah. they really toured it, but they were supposed to. <laughs> they were supposed to, but I guess the guy's like really um, crazy. Um, <laughs> In a word. What's, what's the word? Uh, what's that word? It's uh, insane. Clinically uh, insane. Uh, a lunatic. A lunatic. <laughs> but they were supposed to tour the place where they make and print chick tracts. Those oh, yeah, like little sure. tiny yes. printed religious, religious. religious books where it's like, this is your life. You're Muppets going to hell. Yeah. yeah. Fodder um, for many punk rock shows and flyers. Amazing, amazing Yeah, it's pretty stuff. much low-hanging fruit in terms of... <laughs> well, I guess the guy's, like, print setup is uh, super efficient and really high quality. Yeah, and no, so, for, for what they are, for little pulpy things, yeah. they need millions of them and they're dirt cheap. And, they, um, and they're, like, super consistent. They never oh, yeah. screw up. So he was supposed to organize a, a tour of the place, which I guess is in Highland Park. <laughs> um... I didn't get to stay in the class, though, so I don't know if they ever did, but um, 
I did get to show up for the like party at the end and crash it and like eat a bunch of people's food and get free zines. And, that's that's um, really the entire thing. <laughs> that was really where I needed to be. If I'd have figured out school about that, yeah, you could do, well, you could do the... school like that. I would have totally done that. Yeah. It was kind of screwed up though because my best friend was like, "Show up, come on, come in. It's gonna be a party." And she asked me to text her when I was going into the room that they were using, and as I entered the room, there was in progress a reading of the very first thing I had ever written to contribute to a zine, which was a love letter to a guy who shared a driver's ed car with me for 20 minutes while like he drove to my house and they picked me up and then I drove him home because his lesson was over. Right, right. And he was like this like punk guy with like, plugs in his ears and he's like, oh my God, I love you, punk guy. And then it turned out that he knew my best friend and they were like, we should introduce you. Except he's married, and I was like, "Oh God, we're like 16 or whatever." But um, a lot of time passed in between there. I forgot that. I found out. I found out he was married like two or three years later when he was still when very it was a, young. When it's appropriate, when it's appropriate to get married, it's yeah. not illegal or require parental consent, or in some sort of like you know sub-Saharan African nation. Right. Talk. Right. Yeah. It's like this. All the good drivers at students are married. <laughs> <laughs> or gay. Or both. Or both. If yeah. you're in a state that allows gay. In, in Obama's America. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all forced to be in Obama's America. Right, right. Um, the workshop uh, was where we met and talked about, uh, you heard the podcast we had done with Keenan Keller, Alex Chu, and yeah. uh, Shaky Town, uh, I was going to call him Stalwart. Is that a... Inaugural inaugural guest. Yes, Tom Neely. Um, And just been kind of hanging out ever since then and was very excited uh, to... I was very excited to be part... Invited to be part of Zine Week 2013. Um, I'm moderating a panel. We've talked a little bit about it on this show. And there's information at shakedownradio.com and of course uh, the website for the event lazinefest.com is talking about everything going on with Zine Week and these venues um, it's not just at the Ukrainian Cultural Center this year right uh, well it was it was at last bookstore last year this mm-hmm. year at Cultural Center but also the events branching out into a couple different places what's the address of that right? uh, <laughs> last week as I said and, and, and shared many times the address and while I was looking for a beginning, do you know what goes on there? <laughs> we were trying to figure During out. During the year? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, they have like um, Ukrainian singers come. They did a New Year's thing and the poster was like this blonde, beautiful woman with like a microphone. And then in the background was like a combination of a tie-dye and a sunset. And it was like all written in, in Cyrillic. And so I guess it was like a, like a $50 a plate dinner and champagne toast and... They still had the setup when I went to go measure for our wheelchair ramp, and it was like Christmas trees and like tinsel everywhere. It was really cool. They do a lot of like Ukrainian folk singers come, or um, you know, Russian singers come, and so it's a lot of uh, intensely Ukrainian cultural events. There's there's been other events there. There was a felt club. Yeah, they did felt club. They do um, like really cool felt club. The first rule about felt club is you don't have a felt club. (laughs) Felt Club was like a like a proto unique LA renegade craft fair kind of thing where the crafters came out and set up tables and sold their their wares, um, including Phoenix's own Liz Adams. Oh, yes. I did not know that. Yes, I don't know Liz Adams. That's what probably was she why I didn't know. That. I I didn't know. <laughs> I just saw her from across the way. 
and didn't get to go bother her. So this was an old friend of ours who was in a band called The Peeps back in Phoenix. It's a good name. Yeah, now she's like a big-time illustrator person, does felt things, I'm sure, because <laughs> she was a felt club. She's big I, felt. I think it was not exclusively felt. I think it was the idea was like crafty, like hot glue was also allowed. What? Yeah. <laughs> Needlepoint. I think I think there's some. I, they're they're heading for some sort of a schism with the the people who are hardcore felt versus. <laughs> it's going to be some sort of like reform yeah. felt. Yeah. Reform felt. Yeah. felt yeah. Some really funny pool tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this Ukrainian cultural center is at forty three fifteen Melrose Avenue, Los Angeles. If you need the zip code for Google Maps, use nine double zero two nine. The cross That's street. not the right one. Melrose and Heliotrope. Mm-hmm. Right around the. Uh, What's the closest bus stop? <laughs> I would have to say it's Vermont and Santa Monica if you're taking the 704. There's also a subway stop. I failed to mention, Bianca is also a Los Angeles mass transit expert. I'm a car free Los Angelino. They said we didn't exist. No, I, 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 was, car, I was car free until I was 17, 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, also an LA, well, California native. Yes. But you didn't grow up in Los Angeles proper, right? I grew up in, in Los Angeles County, yes. but not Los Angeles proper. Yeah, right. I grew up in like, uh, well, people mostly know Pomona, Claremont, but I grew up in a town called Laverne. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. They have a university there. Yeah. They do have a university. They have the eponymous University of Laverne. <laughs> <laughs> now, is the town named after the university or vice versa? You know, that's a really good question. Let's look that up. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the other way around. Like the, now, is their fight song the Shlomo song? Whenever I drive I always imagine a lot of people walking around with big capital L brooches. <laughs> right, the little, yeah. Now, did you get into zines and the counterculture from, like, finding out about it in Laverne as a teenager? Or was this, like, hey, let's go to this thing that's happening in L.A. We're going to go to a show or we're going to go to a store or whatever it is. Um, I was actually... A really lame teenager. I didn't find out about zines uh, until like I was in high school and I was reading Seventeen magazine. Yeah. And they had had a contest for like best zine and you would submit your zine and then they had the three winners. And one of the winners, like they all, one in, I can't remember which place she won, but the other two looked really like not interesting to me. And this one girl, um, her name was oh my god i remember her name was kathleen i don't remember her last name but she lived in pennsylvania and she did the zine called sneer and it was like newsprint cut and paste pretty pretty much what you would think of uh when you think of a zine and um she just wrote about like high school and the music she listened to and getting into trouble with friends and it was really awesome and so i um i bought like every issue that she put out and then she stopped doing it because she went to college and got, got busy and then she went to art school and got busy and so um i still every now and then maybe like every two years google her kate flannery but yes kate flannery that's her name um i'm due for a google <laughs> due for yeah <laughs> but yeah after that i don't think i um i did a whole lot with scenes i bought zines outside of like venues they're actually with i went to a couple shows on uh sunset the house of blues and there was this guy selling this zine called de facto death camp 
And uh, I bought that, subscribed kind of to that um, for a while. And then they like stopped doing it and I did other things. And then the other day I saw that guy on a Google Plus commercial. His name's Dallas Clayton. He wrote that book for his kid, like self-published right, it. Right. I was like, I used to buy zines from that guy. And now he's on television and in league with Google. I said so. Google. Yeah. I think you're in league with Bing. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, there's... Google might be more sinister, but at least it's, it, they do keep on doing it. I kind of want to open this question up really quickly to the, the whole table. I, I think we've talked about some of this before, but some of the... Actually, in our profile, because uh, as we've mentioned, we're all going to be uh, part of LA Zine Fest in the Ukrainian Cultural Center mm-hmm. um, as far as our own table for some of our projects. But what were some of the zines, Bob, that you remember... Like first, the first ones you saw. For me, it was Heart Attack and Maximum Rock and Roll. Right. Um, I remember. Yeah, it's funny because I was just like local zines, so just you know. Yeah. Attitude problem apart. was that a Phoenix one? Oh. I feel like Attitude problem might have been a Phoenix one. Oh, sure. I remember there was in there's you know Alquinted Suburban Voice, which was always you know it was infrequent and and you know every every now and again that would pop up and it was always. So though it was newsprint, it always looked so good. You know, it always looked really nice, and the writing was good. Um, I've got to go back to though I wasn't so young. Um, I've got to go back to Buzzkill. Which I don't know if you remember. Tip of the hat to Steve Green. Um, I know that name. Buzzkill was this 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 really snarky Phoenix um, zine that um, really undermined significantly Zia Records. And which was this this chain store in Arizona? There were like six of them, and um, the store. There was one in our our college town that was pretty like snooty and unwelcome by kids who didn't really know anything about music. <laughs> so it was just sort of like you're gonna get fucking killed. <laughs> um, so Buzzkill would do a lot of things like they would make up um, like interviews with people talking about like the ten easiest way to steal from Zia Records from the inside, <laughs> and it drove the owner crazy. Um, I didn't love that. Yeah, you would think you would think he would, and then <laughs> they, they, they once did. Um, they started doing, and it actually inspired the business to start doing their own zine, mm-hmm. which was I thought was kind of you know kind of a yeah. cool thing. Yeah, it was well, a really I would think he put too. out you know the, the ten theft prevention right, <laughs> yeah, top top ten loss prevention right. techniques that you yeah. don't see. But uh, they why, once, we, why we murder shoplifters? After, <laughs> after the store had started their own zine, they took a copy and you know copied it and basically redid it, keeping the, the format and changed all the all the wording to things that were just so outlandish and vile and something you would just never want to have said. And then because it looked the same, much like altering the marquee, like it doesn't nice. look bad. <laughs> Just goes right under the radar. They went and put it right back on the shelves in their oh. store, so people would walk out with it and just see that. Oh, Zine War, that's was fun. It's cool. Really genius and the sort of like subversive, sort of next level. Like so many people write about bands they like, and that's awesome. But this, you know, as a guy that just loves the sound of things breaking and, and the, the, <laughs> the look of people supremely irritated who just got beat. 
that that scene kind of was unparalleled to me in, in anything. I don't know why that would speak level. you particularly. <laughs> <laughs> just a fucker, I guess. Yeah, Gene and I were just talking about potential miscreants. Potential miscreants. And it sounds right. like, uh, yeah, the uh, the proprietor of that scene was a de facto miscreant. Gene, I know for you, Flipside was a... Yeah, Flipside, Flipside was the first zine that I can remember um, picking up at, like, the record trader down here in Matita. And um, and I, I was, like, surprised that it was, like, just some dudes. Like, it was just people doing something like that, you know. Because they're all, you know, usual band flyers and stuff like that. But um, that that was kind of, like, the boing noise in my head. I'm like, yeah. oh, these are just people who are fans of music. It's not, you can just do it. And that's... Flipside was funny to me as a kid because it seemed very adult yeah. in a funny way. Just me being like 15, but like, these are obviously grown-ups. Yes. <laughs> They're not grown-ups and my dad is going to identify as right. such. But these people, you know... They're not. Yeah, they're not in high school. Clearly, and that was kind of one of the first. That was kind of one of the first realizations for me that if you talk the talk and walk the walk, people will just assume that you have the cred or skill set or whatever. You know, it's like you you need to do it, and that's what you know ninety percent of it is is, is just having the chops, poise, and composure. Yeah, and Libby, you you started a zine in Seattle. Yeah, I did. Um, my my former zine inspiration, I was going to say, like, sadly, I, um, I've i had no committed zine relationships, just one night zine stands. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, they never, never call me in the morning um, because I'm, uh, I'm more likely to just uh, be, you know, flipping through some at a bookstore or at a coffee shop or wherever they happen to be floating around and be like, wow, this is cool, and then just check that one out and... Um, and then not bother to follow up or yeah. tell it that I love it or, or any of those important things um, that go with having a committed relationship. But the one that we started, uh, Wake Up 206, um, my friend uh, Scott, whose last name I suddenly can't remember, but he's a member of the band Highlight Bomb in Seattle, and he had started one in Tacoma, Wake Up uh, 253, which of course the the area code, the phone area code, to sort of promote all of the amazing artistic events, um, you know, music, art shows, plays, comedy, whatever, that weren't necessarily promoted in, like, Seattle Weekly or The Stranger, which is Seattle's alternative newspaper. Right. Um, you know, have interviews of, of some of those artistic people, and then me being a comedy writer and a nerd, uh, I contributed by doing the monthly news recap as, like, a comedy, uh, you know, here's the news and here's why it's hilarious, yeah. and, and a trivia section... And then I'd also support, um, you know, do reviews of things that I thought were amazing. And, um, and so I think that's still still going out in Seattle. It got a little held up um, by a, a print war. Um, so many wars. Yeah, yeah. battlefield. So, so, so much conflict. So, so much debauchery and, <laughs> and conflict. So, Bianca, when you, you were inspired by Sneer, and, or that, that at least was a gateway into... And, 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 you know, these other zines, and at what point did you decide to first make your own zine? Um, well, like, I, I had contributed to other zines. Um, I contributed that story to my friend Rebecca's. She, like, was always doing stuff, and because of my contribution to that, I went to Comic-Con to sit in the small press section. I want to say it was, like, 2001, 
like 2000 or something like a long time ago and um, that was really fun because it was not just her and her zine but her boyfriend at the time like made a bunch of zines with other people and then his friends made zines too and so we had this booth and someone had gotten the idea to present us as like a team so she and another girl stayed up like all night sewing us these uniforms that looked like uh like airline stewardess uniforms and then all the dudes wore like orange ties and tie clips nice. we were awesome. like trying to hawk our wares and stuff right. um i said that again huh i said that before oh wow i need to exercise my vocabulary no i guess i just got wares on the mind but um, I <laughs> Coco beware. <laughs> forgot my uh, train of thoughts. I was you were gonna say where, weren't you? Yes, I was. <laughs> train of where? Um, yeah. So I was only ever a contributor, and then um, I don't think I made my first scene until I went to the San Francisco Zine Fest. And that was in I remember like 2008, maybe. Um, 2009, and, uh... We were so innocent then. I, <laughs> I just have a bad memory of, uh, when I do things. <laughs> I, uh, I was reading my journal the other day. I don't write down years for, like, until this year. I started writing years, and I was like, Jesus, I don't know. I don't know when any of this shit happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made a zine especially to go to the San Francisco Zine Fest. That was kind of nice. To be like, well, now I have to make it because I spent $60 and I <laughs> re- rented a car. So I kind of, <laughs> it's going to suck if I don't have anything to show for it. So I made um, two zines for that. I made one called Things That You Learn When You Listen to Strangers. And it was all about things that I had overheard or conversations that I'd had with people on the subway. Uh, people trying to sell me things. People trying to hit on me. People yelling into their cell phones. Um, pretty interesting stuff, actually. Yeah. And, um... The subway is a fascinating place. Whoa, yeah. It's just like... It's like a TV all the time. (laughs) But, like, one that you can smell. (laughs) Smell it. Yeah. Um, and I had a friend do the illustrations for that. And that was really cool. Um, he scared me. He didn't give them to me until, like, two days before I needed to absolutely (laughs) print the zines. I thought he wasn't going to come through. But um, he did, and it was awesome. And then I did another one um, called Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Uh, (laughs) Problems, no, Negotiations and Bargaining. And it was all about, it was like kind of uh, personal essays, sort of. And I just drew heavily from clip art at the library for that one. I didn't want to risk an illustration debacle again. So uh, I just kind of moved on. But, um, But yeah. I also had another zine that was fiction, and I printed it, and a friend drew an illustration for the cover, and it was really, really beautiful, but I hated the story, but I was like, well, she made her draw this thing, so I just put it out on my table, and then every time somebody would try to buy it, I'd be like, you don't want that. Just what about one of these? Candy? Candy's free. You want some candy? And people, I think only two people bought it, and we don't speak of it. It's, yeah. it's hidden. Until now. It's, Until now. You know those, all those E.T., e- Atari yeah. Yeah. Uh, cartridges buried in the okay. desert? Yeah, that's where you can find you know, <laughs> you gotta take. I was thinking about that the other day. The desert? No. The E.T. The E.T. board? <laughs> yeah, the E.T. Well, specifically, that, that, that gets me thinking about uh, stuff. Well, I, was, I, I threw away a watermelon rind, and then I was thinking, man... There's just a lot of stuff that I've thrown away in a landfill somewhere. <laughs> it's all just stuff that I threw away. I'm like, what are 
what the disposition of most of the stuff that I've thrown away is in the <laughs> landfills. I'm like, watermelon rinds probably biodegrade, but there's a lot of crap I've thrown away that's going to be there forever. Like ET cartridges in the yeah, like, yeah. Do you wonder what the disposition of those things are? Yeah. As, as if they're having a conversation in a No, no, not, not just what, what, what state no. they're in. Uh, see, I think it would be way more fun if they're like, I really thought I was still useful. What? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. why, why did Gene George they throw all, me away? They all, they're I'm, like, I'm a perfectly good fork. Well, they're doing a spin-off from the Toy Story franchise yeah. <laughs> called Garbage, Garbage Story. Garbage Story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trash Talk. They renamed it. They renamed the park. Oh, I really want to see that. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I think it's going to be uh, Russell Crowe and um, uh, Charlize Theron as the voices. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And John Ratzenberger because he needs a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot of... Uh, if it's Russell Crowe, does it therefore have to be directed by Baz Luhrmann? I wouldn't be. <laughs> so there be was that, would, would that entail musical sequences, or am I just thinking of uh, Moulin Rouge? I think I think it, it should at least... I'm not in, thinking of Moulin Rouge. Not, not necessarily <laughs> singing musical sequences, but like uh, more well, of like, a, like a strictly ballroom, you know, lots of, lots of uh, flashy... Yeah. yeah, flashy interludes. When you said barroom, I just thought about the last time I was in Phoenix and how uh, our hotel was right next to uh, a bunch of bars. And Which hotel? What's that? Which hotel? I don't remember. I the need name, names. Damn it! Now, it was, to say bars, barsy bars. Yes, <laughs> in the bar district. But I like where uh, this yes. is going. Yeah, strictly bar room. Yeah, strictly bar room. It was in Scottsdale. It was like all these like Scottsdale scene. They call Scottsdale the Beverly Hills of Arizona or Phoenix. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like it's just because there's a lot of hillbillies <laughs> in it, dude. <laughs> you mean the people at your hotel? <laughs> <laughs> it's. So the next, like, Sunday morning where we're, like, walking the dog and, like, the, the stench from the dumpsters of, like, I don't know if you've That's ever tried to, like, beer batter anything. Yeah. And, like... They some... tried to beer batter everything? <laughs> they tried to beer batter a grease trap? It's just, like, like that, but, you know, not pleasant in your kitchen trying to beer batter something. It's, like, that mixed on top of, like, garbage and you broken know hearts and... You know what it is? Beer-soaked cardboard. Having frequented a lot of taverns when I was a child, and especially the back alleys of taverns because they don't generally let you hang around inside bars yeah. when you're a kid, um, beer-soaked cardboard has a certain that you could smell it at the uh, Budweiser plant mm-hmm. in, on Roscoe too. It's really gross. It's, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> it really is a je ne sais quoi. It's it's it is that that beer rotten beer slash paper mache kind of odor. That's right. what does it. I'm sure in Arizona too, like that hot cardboard beer, like it's yeah. warm, it's like cooking. Yes, and this like was moisture. Like, this was July, so oh yeah. So that's the sort of vibe you're <laughs> So whatever for this. I thought I was going to throw up. You thought I was going to on your new rug. You're like, well, I've had this rug an hour and a half. Thank Mark you for ruining my life. <laughs> Go away. The cat already ruined the rug with the, the pretzel salt. Salted it. We're enjoying quite a spread today because, as I mentioned, Bianca, uh, not only Jean bringing pretzels, but Bianca bringing baba ganoush. Baba ganoush. Um, so. Will you balky bar taco salt? <laughs> baba Don't be ridiculous. Um, Ooh, bigs. Cousin Larry. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um... So I want to talk more about zines. <laughs> uh, uh. You don't want to talk about perfect strangers? I thought that was a perfect segue to a Bronson Pinchot question. <laughs> yeah. Way to ask that up. <laughs> I don't know much of his work outside of Perfect Strangers and True Romance. Oh, yeah. wait. Second Beverly, Sight. Beverly Hills Cop. He was in Apartment True. 5, right? Or Five Rooms or that movie where he was yeah. the bad. I think I that was um, t- uh, uh, Roth. Tim Roth. 
Wrath. Really? Wrath. The Wrath of Khan. Yes. The Wrath of Khan. Yeah, I remember that. Was he? Was he, Was he a figure that? Moment? The Bellboy was Tim Roth, but. I don't remember now. I'm trying to remember the VHS box from the grocery store video rental section, and things are getting fuzzy. Yeah, he's got a show but now, five a reality TV show where he's restoring a house in very rural Pennsylvania. No way! And it's it just gives you the feeling, the empowered sort of feeling that anything can be a fucking TV show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like if there's anything yeah. that ever sort of like trip the you know like the lexicon of, of, of like a common term, like there could be like a fucking like a Mac and Meat show. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, we need more content. I've been asking that's that question for me. Are you IMDBing Bronson Pinchot right now? I I just wanted to know if anybody I know is working on that show. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I've, I've been surprised, like. Shows that will come on the screen, and then I always watch the credits now because Are I've been in IMDb that that business long enough now to know a lot of people, a lot of different shows. But Mac and Me reminded me of uh, an event. Yes, and you asked. I was going to say you read at that event as well. This was an event at um, the now defunct Homeroom One Hundred and One. Yeah. What was the address there? It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you'll find I there now. I want to say it was one one two one Beverly Boulevard. Yeah, it was definitely on Beverly wow. Boulevard. Yeah. And Bianca, I wrote you that a lot. <laughs> you read uh, excerpts from your zines there, and mm-hmm. um, there was uh, the I Love Bad Movies. Yeah, they did a whole presentation about Mac and me. It was great. Their zine is really awesome. They actually yeah. run the Brooklyn Zine Fest. Okay. Uh, Matt Carmen and Ksenia Yarosh. They um. They have like this whole zine series where their friends uh, write uh, about why certain bad movies are awesome, and then they like compile them into a zine with a beautiful illustrated cover. They did oh, what was that movie? Somebody's gonna know it. Where the like the two wrestlers are? They're not wrestlers, are they? They I don't think they ever wrestled professionally, but they're bodybuilders. The yes, barbarian okay. brothers. Barbarian brothers, brothers yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Unheralded Whoa. comic geniuses. What a movie. Unintentional comic geniuses or unheralded? We'll never know. Unheralded it. Unheralded it. So you're saying all they need is a herald. Yes. (laughs) They're really... Presenting the Barbarian Brothers. They're hilarious. Their hair alone is like, oh man, that's good stuff. They had had a scene cut out of Natural Born Killers. I did not know that. Yeah, if you watch the director's cut, there's uh, the whole scene where Mallory and Mickey saw off their legs. and Their legs or the Barbarian Brothers' legs? The Barbarian Brothers' legs. Okay. Are these the same two guys that were in DC Cab? They might have very well been. They were probably wearing, uh, what were the Zubas? They were probably wearing those. Yeah. Prototype Zubas. Yeah. And while we're off topic, I got, there's a, a list of synonyms for wares. My favorite is Vendables. Vendables! That's very Jay Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to bust that out the next time. I'm going to bite my tongue and be like, Also, Tim Roth, five rooms, verified. Ah, okay. All right. Or Roth. I should. I gotta stop saying people are in movies that I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, or just get better at. It. Yeah, get better. At it. <laughs> yeah, okay. cool. maybe. Yeah, just kind of play it off. I'm like, odd, it totally is. That's him. You're wrong. That's my autistic savant ability. Is is I just remember the casts of movies. It's getting as I get older, it's getting a little fuzzier. But you know, someone will be like, "So and so was in that movie," and I'm like, "No, they weren't." It's blah blah blah. <laughs> and it's some dumb like you know, Renee Zellweger. <laughs> Did you see that? No, I did not. But, but they I'm advertised confident. it once on television, and I know that. Yeah. Plus, I also just lied again. It's four rooms. The fifth room is the little little the fifth, known room. Wait, the fifth room. It's you. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's deep. That's My deep. mind is blown. 
<laughs> See? You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. Hi, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard of Shakytown Radio, and you're listening to Shakytown Radio. That's right, I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm a man. Yeah, oh, he, he breaks onto the podcast all the time, so whether I would like him to or not. Um, so not just the Ukrainian Cultural Center this year, as we were alluding to, there's a few different venues, um, including, and I don't know how to pronounce this. Heraldry. Thank you. It's capital <laughs> H, capital R, capital A, capital D, capital R, capital Y. Yeah. What is this place? Um, it's... Really cool. Uh, it is a art gallery slash vinyl store. And it's run by two pretty cool dudes, uh, Todd and Freeman. And they have opened up their store to us for the Zine Fest from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. They're going to be our Zine Library. Very cool. Which is basically a place that we have available for people to take a load off and to read zines. Um, most of the zines are either past or current uh, participants in the LA Zine Fest. So sometimes it's kind of high pressure when you're in, you know, on the zine floor and people are standing three feet away from you and you want to look at their stuff, but then you don't want to feel obligated to buy it. So... We designed the zine library as a place where people can go and read at their leisure and decide, like, hey, I want to go back in and, you know, check out booth 42 and buy something there. So they're also really good at playing awesome music, so they're probably going to have some music throughout the day. Um, They have a nice patio in the back that looks like something out of a French movie where people fall in love. (laughs) And... uh, it's good. I was looking for a place to follow. <laughs> uh, they also just got a cat. His name is Luther, and he has nails. Wow. Yes. They're sharp. <laughs> nails or claws? Oh, just, claws. Yeah. He's, cat, he's a carpenter. Cat, cat. nail. Cat. Both, yes. I mean, like, I thought it was like some sort of weird <laughs> he's building. Cat. He's building out their store with his, his <laughs> tiny he's, nails. He's I assume it was some sort of weird mutation where he had, like, you know. <laughs> like human, fingernails? Human nails. Oh, how creepy was he that? He has French tit acrylic nails. He looks wonderful. <laughs> He's ready for prom. Nice. Uh, yeah, and the second venue is the Moth Theater, which is actually on the other side of Moth. Heliotrope. The Moth, I'm sorry, the Moth Theater. Yeah. And uh, the Tim Moth Theater. And it is where we're going to have all our workshops and panels and discussions. He wasn't, wasn't it Ralph Moth? Donnie Moth? Yes. Yeah. It was. Oh, oh, happy days. It was. Happy days are here again. In my favorite episode of Chips, where he plays a face painted, kiss style Satanist. Oh yeah, that's right. It's oh, gonna yeah. bomb. That's gonna blow up. The is there any other kind worth talking about? <laughs> well, they are knights in Satan service, as we all know. Yes. Uh, the... from, from the Jack Chick track. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Moth Theater is pretty prestigious. How did you all hook up with the the Moth? I actually don't think that this is like the moth readings like the podcast the guy who runs the theater his name is john he is a acting coach and he is like 
Like the moth theater is T H E A T R E. Like they're like theater, like oh, all right. black on a black background, okay. like unitard shit. And they <laughs> nice. are, yeah, like he was like, I'm teaching a week long course on the trail. Like, nice. scene, you know? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that they're the moth. That would be kind of. Okay. This okay. is just a really nice. Unbelievably affordable sixty-person capacity theater that for one hundred and fifty dollars you get like lights and tech and parking spaces. So Jesus. I recommend it to everyone. It is an Dude, amazing, yeah, right. amazing yeah. deal. The right. dudes are nice. There's like a five hundred dollar refundable security deposit. I'm sure this is very interesting to everybody, but it's like I can't, no, no. I can't promote it enough. People are emailing us right now. I, I can't promote it say. enough. Like they're super, super cool. Dudes. Very good. Awesome. Now you had great. Uh, Speakers last year, you had Henry Rollins, you yes. had V. Vale, the mm -hmm. research uh, of research fame. Who do you have coming this year? Well, uh, our workshops are pretty great. We have a workshop with uh, Zineworks, which is a collective kind of based to the east. Yes. Um, and they, Angela Chaos. Yeah. They are involved. She's been on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. I gotta catch up. <laughs> um, she's super, super nice. And they came out to our workshop that was at the Mercado La Paloma down by USC. And I shouldn't say it like that. The Mercado La Paloma down by USC. Ooh, and um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were just really cool. And they do education, zine education, you know, workshops and stuff like that. Really great active zinesters yeah in the community you know at large and they're gonna do sort of like a like a speed dating like a speed dating thing but for zinesters so the idea is that you get to not like really date although that's not discouraged <laughs> um but it's just kind of a way to meet a lot of other people who make zines maybe possible future collaborators maybe you know zine swapping friends and yeah, just kind of build the community in a super fun way. I was excited about this description of this because it said, uh, like you just mentioned, like it's for pals and future collaborators, but let's not leave out that potential benefits <laughs> might happen in the future yeah. uh, based on the person's age and ability, which I thought <laughs> was very important to mention. Yeah. Lay um, that groundwork. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because you definitely don't want someone with, you know, shoddy ability if you're going to be accepting, accepting benefits. Shoddy yeah. ability is the name of my museum. <laughs> I think shoddy ability would be, I think if someone hasn't made a zine called shoddy ability, I would be really Let's write it together. I'd be interested in hearing about your benefits package. This is, <laughs> exactly. this is already working. Just the explanation of the yeah. thing is like, things are happening. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You're bringing four people that already do a podcast closer <laughs> together. <laughs> My work is done. Right. If you attend this um, workshop, you also receive a free zine called Guide to Being a Safe and Sane Zine Pal, <laughs> which I think anybody who has been uh, in yeah, DIY right. counterculture knows that uh, there are a lot of unsafe and insane people yes well, yeah. yes yes watch your back <laughs> or or even the people who are who are safe and or sane are uh are definitely um have the potential to make you become insane by turning in illustrations two days before <laughs> or forgetting to turn in your illustrations all together regardless yeah. of how nice they are and whether or not they make amazing cookies <laughs> and and provide excellent benefits <laughs> now this um anthology workshop that Men My uh, Dress is doing. Men My Dress Press. Mm -hmm. um, explain to me what anthologizing is. 
Well, um, I kind of think of it as just, you know, if you have a, a body of work and you want to compile it together in a collection where people can sort of get hmm, a good idea of what you've done. Like an overview. Yeah, like an overview. Um, and, and I can, I was reading the description myself and I was kind of imagining like, wow, it must be really hard because you have to decide like, well, obviously you think a lot of your stuff is really good, but then you have to see how it fits with like the bigger picture. You know, what, what is your overarching theme of your body of work? And, um, I think that they're going to do a really good job of addressing those questions because everybody who's doing the panel is incredibly experienced in, you know, anthologizing their own work. So they've had to field a lot of not just technical questions like, well, how do you print the thing? Should you do it on your own? Should you get some help? But also, you know, um, how to how to select content in a right. in a way that I thought I assumed federal law mandated that you you print your zines at work <laughs> <laughs> on the Xerox machine at work. I think it I, does. Yeah, and I if, think maybe if you're that's You're unemployed. You print it on the Xerox machine at, at a work that you purport to. Right. <laughs> exactly. You have to be associated it. with. Yeah. I, I think I think maybe that that's only so you if then you get the federal zine uh, subsidies mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. bring it. Of course. You have to write that off. <laughs> yeah, well, being able to select, like you said, from your huge body of work and figure out what fits together is important. I think curating anything is is an important skill, and there are Absolutely. loads of people who suck at it. <laughs> so being being good at it, um, definitely. Ask ask the eighteen hard drives from various machines that I have sitting around <laughs> with all kinds of crap all over them from various projects that I've been working on. Um, there's also a POZ, sorry, POC zine project, POC People of Color zine project. Um, I'm really excited about this because this is a, uh, it's a reading and discussion. Mm-hmm. And um, tell us a little more about it. Okay, well, um, these, this collective uh, was just on a 14 city tour, kind of doing their race riot tour. Um, all these women, as the name of the group might imply, are people of color. They conduct, you know, workshops and panels and just kind of talk about their experiences as kind of highly visible people of color zine makers. Mm -hmm. Um, I was was actually talking about this with a friend because I can see how a lot of people might think that scenes like this, like countercultural scenes, uh, are peopled by privileged youths Mm -hmm. and usually privileged youths are white but um these ladies are all here to kind of be um, representatives of the lots and lots of people who make zines who are not yeah uh, necessarily white and to hear their stories a lot of these ladies are like very kind of um, i don't want to say militant activists but maybe vocal vocal in their uh, conflicts, the conflicts Mm -hmm. that they have, you know, being Asian or being black or being Latino or, you know, whatever they identify as. And it's kind of cool to see something focused on that. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of the things that I've been seeing lately, and it's great, are very focused on like queer culture. And I think that that's something that's really important because like zines are supposed to be a space for anyone who can steal copies from their work and right, share right. 
with other people. So um, it's really nice to see, you know, subcultures who feel like maybe they're not being represented enough in zines kind of band together and say like, well, now we are. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear their talk. I know they've done a lot of great work. They've been around for a while and I'm sure they're going to have inspiring things to say for everybody. So I'm really glad that the festival is providing a forum for people of color to assert their identity in the zine culture. I think there's a lot of identities that need to be asserted, not only in mainstream culture, but in the counterculture. Because like you said, of, of the uh, the issue of privileged youth. Um, I also think it's interesting, and I, I would like to talk a little bit about the history of this zine fest in particular. Uh, Los Angeles in general has had zine events. There was LA zine scene like many years ago, but you and your team, uh, the organizers, uh, all women organizers got together to to bring this zine fest to LA starting last year. I, I would like to know how you all came together and, and decided to take on such a, I mean, this is a big project. Such a test that, that we really haven't... only men should probably <laughs> Come on now. You no. little ladies did a really great uh, job. We, 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 we haven't even gotten to Zine Week yet. I mean, the, the one panel we talked about, but there's so much going on, not only on the day of, but leading up to this. How did you all decide, and why did you all decide this is a headache that you wanted to um, take on? Because it's a lot of organization. It's actually really funny because we met by accident, put this together kind of also on accident and then we're like oh wait now we're gonna do it again (laughs) so I think that it's just kind of it it was it is and it isn't intentional in that I think that when you undertake a project that's like has a culmination you don't really realize what you've done until it's done yeah. Until you like see the physical, like you, you bake a pie, you mix all the shit and you're like, I'm baking a pie, I'm making a crust and you put it in the oven and you get out and you're like, well, this is a pie, I'm done. But if you don't like see the little things that are done all the time, you don't realize until you're in a venue that is packed to capacity and smells like human bodies and you're having to open <laughs> windows and like, you know, help people find the elevator that you're like, oh my God, I'm doing this thing. So, uh, I met Meredith who was one of the other organizers um, at Unique LA. She was tabling and we were talking about zines and we were like, oh man, it totally is awesome that we're both going to San Francisco Zine Fest, but it kind of is weird that we have to go all the way to San Francisco to like meet other people who do this stuff. And so we were kind of joking like, oh, LA should have a zine fest. And then we were hanging out and she got invited to do, um, to kind of have in-store zines at Meltdown Comics. And so we were continuing to talk about zines and she met another girl who's working at the now defunct Urban Craft Center in Santa Monica. And they used to do like uh, workshops and hands-on classes for anything, you know, like learn how to sew, learn how to knit. And she had a zine night that no one ever came to except for Meredith and me <laughs> one time. So we kind of got on together and then um, Rhea knew Simon, who is an illustrator and she was doing this thing called a book a week, which is this like group of art students who gets together. Well, I say art students because they draw, but I'm sure some of them are not really artists, and some of them are like, I'm a poet. Uh, but <laughs> as they are, as they do, as <laughs> but they they make a book every week. Like every week, the the goal is just you know it doesn't have to be perfect; it just has to be made. 
And so we kind of liked that idea too. And Simon started hanging out with us. We were all hanging out together. And then um, we, Meredith put on this like uh, kind of um, mini zine fest, mini supermarket thing. Cause supermarket was another kind of small press expo that happened at UCLA. And she got some people out and we were kind of like, why can't we, why can't we do this like big? And finally this girl, Erica, who was from Chicago, kind of came into our group and her and Meredith had been zine friends. And Erica was like, guys, I just went to Chicago Zine Fest and I was in this panel and it's called How to Make a Zine Fest. You can totally make a zine fest. It's gonna be so easy. And I remember her saying that. It's gonna be so easy. And then we were like, well, why don't we do it? And then it was not easy, but we got it done and we were like, we have to do it again because everybody had so much fun. The Bataan Death March was easy. You just had to keep getting prodded in the back by those Japanese soldiers <laughs> and keep walking. And when people got the dropped in. not hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How hard is it? Just keep walking. <laughs> to make it easier, Come on now. we'll just save you eating and drinking. <laughs> All the time you save. I, I was really excited. I mean, obviously, because we started doing a bunch of podcasts about it. But, <laughs> but like, it's just this thing. Los Angeles it has this reputation of, oh, well, that's Hollywood. Hollywood. Like, when I was moving to L.A., I wasn't moving to L.A. I was moving to Hollywood. I was really moving to Atwater Village. But everybody, like, considered me, quote, unquote, moving to Hollywood. Yeah. Bobby might have gone through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Libby, you might have gone through the same thing. Yeah, well, and does everybody ask you guys, like, everybody back home, like, oh, how's the acting going? <laughs> like, I'm not an actor, but people ask me that all the time. Yeah. You know, well, it's not, but you live in L.A. You live <laughs> in Hollywood. Well, if you move to a small town in Pennsylvania, they'd ask you how the coal mine is done. It stands to reason. Yeah, so, but here is this event which encompasses all of this alternative culture. Uh, in Los Angeles, the, the corners that people don't always think about. I mean, if you live here, you know about Highland Park, you know about Eagle Rock, um, you know uh, the difference between the west side and the east side. The east side is better, um, but <laughs> w- do you feel like there was unique challenges for doing an L.A. zine fest? Well, I would really like to talk, first of all, about another big motivator for all of us, which was people hate on L.A. all the time. People are like, oh, L.A., like, it's not as good as San Francisco. It's not as good as Portland. I mean, people in the zine community specifically or people in people the world? No, 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 the yeah, world yeah, yeah. at large. The world at large is like, LA is fake, LA is shitty, LA is Hollywood, you know, LA is tans, nobody cares about anything except making money in LA. But like, all of us who are here, all the organizers really, really like LA. And most of us are natives or we're transplants for life. And we wanted to show people that not only is it awesome in another way that they might not have already thought about, which is, you know, great zine culture, this like crazy community coming out, everybody who does DIY anything coming together, trying to see something. Um, but also that, um, you know, LA is a great city and that's kind of why we <laughs> have tried to choose different venues in different neighborhoods. Um, we're slowly moving west, but like the last bookstore was downtown. It was really cool to have people say, like, I live four blocks away from here. I've never been into this bookstore. I didn't even know the bookstore was here. Thank you for showing me this bookstore. Um, and I was like, get out of your car. Like, walk somewhere. Um, how do you get food? Um, but 
Like, <laughs> I guess so. I guess, Someone I guess, brings it in a car. I guess they just keep like luring strays in and eating That's them right. slowly. But um, the neighborhood so where we're having the zine fest this year is super cool. Everybody knows yeah. there's scoops there. Everybody knows there's Orange Twenty there. But like this store heraldry just opened up like within the last year. I didn't know about it until I was standing in front of the Ukrainian Cultural Center, like looking around, like, okay, where else can we do stuff? <laughs> and it was like, oh, there's people with art in the windows, you know, doors open, they sell records, what's over here? The other day I was handing out flyers and I found this super awesome vintage store, like three real friendly ladies in there gave me a card and they were like, well, everything's online, but it's cheaper in here. <laughs> I was like, thank you, you're very nice to me. Um, yeah, so it's a really cool neighborhood, good food good we went i went to um, this is not relevant at all but this guy owns a pizza shop on the corner of heliotrope and melrose um right across from the moth theater and we went in to like hand him a flyer saying you know we're la zine fest we're gonna be in your neighborhood on this day at this time but keep you, your doors locked <laughs> <laughs> you might want to consider staying open later maybe want to offer a special and this guy, I'm telling him all this, and he's looking at me like I'm holding a gun in his face. <laughs> and then I, like, handed him the paper, and he was, like, like taking the paper, like, real suspicious. And I realized that this owner of an Italian restaurant who's, like, 100 years old might not speak English. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just kind of, like, bowed on my way out. <laughs> I don't know why. But it was like... Best, best calzone I've ever had in my life. Greased right through the bag in under five minutes. So amazing. I I want to eat there. So you I'm stole a calzone from him is what you said. <laughs> the very thing here is he stole a calzone. I felt really bad. I was thing. like, I'm sorry I scared you and gave you a paper that looks official. You probably think you're being evicted or like... <laughs> Or like Give me calzone. The death squads from the old country. Yeah, <laughs> like a brown shirt's coming into your house. Last time I got a paper like this, I had to spend three years in the mountains. Like I'm it's telling you, I'm confiscating your property. <laughs> yeah, it was just really the the neighborhood is great. I can't wait for people to come. Um, super easy to get to, yeah. and like that's yeah. I mean, L. A. is hard because it's big. Everybody wants to like not drive far, but you have to drive bar for everything or so you think you could take a bus or a subway um and if you need to know, ask, know which one ask bianca i will tell you personally you can email me and i will tell you how to get there or you can google map it like <laughs> everybody else does right but um or you can hop stop it which hop is stop? an app that um that our previous guest allison uh, minnick just told me about i guess they use it often in new york but it's actually very good in la as well it's oh, a, cool. Because I also usually public transit. I have a car. Right now I have a car that doesn't run. But um, but I try not to, even when it does run, I try not to drive it. Anyway, HopStop <laughs> is an excellent app that um, that is like the, uh, the Google Maps Transit, but it mm -hmm. gives you more options. options. Yeah. There used to be, there was another one. I forget what it's called. Like, I don't know. I don't have a smartphone. My boyfriend used to use it all the time. Like, you would just tell the app where you were and it would be like all these buses are coming in this many minutes take uh, whatever you want yeah there's one uh, called <laughs> one bus away <laughs> one bus away that does that uh and then also la uh, metro has an app that does that i i remember when i was riding public transportation in la you had to go to a payphone yeah mm -hmm. and call someone and <laughs> did a person you. pick up yeah oh yeah oh my God. Yeah, yeah 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 like oh, an operator wow. yeah an operator 
and then they would say, yeah, it's going to be 45 minutes for this bus. Then that will take you two hours to get to the place where you make a transfer. Then it'll take another two hours. You can yes. still do that with the blue bus in Burbank. And you call them and they say, no, actually, this bus doesn't run during any times that you might need to ride it. <laughs> Is that what Jim Morrison was singing about in the end? I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Get on the blue bus. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, probably. He was probably standing at the Burbank airport. Yeah. All the way in Thornton, trying to figure out how he was going to get to the red line in North Hollywood and realizing that he was going to have to walk. It's very disappointing. That sounds autobiographical. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, all I know is that people who hate any city. There, I, I've, I've lived and, and worked in a lot of places, and there are places that are miserable. Albuquerque is as close to a city that I hate. I, I will say I hate as anything else because all of my experiences there were negative, and it tried to kill me a bunch of times. But the inhabitants tried to kill me a bunch of times. So it's it's. But anybody that's like, I hate New York. I hate Los Angeles. It's like it's like. I just want to. I want to punch people in the face. I want to punch people in the face. They've probably never even been there either. Well, that's it. Or yeah. you know, or they came here for work once and it was awful. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, like well, you hate the airport. Like so does everyone else. Or you hate the freeways because everybody hates the freeways. It's like yeah, I don't want to spend two hours going what should normally take me forty five minutes. You know, no one wants to do that. Philadelphia is the only city where in one day I had bottles thrown at me oh from multiple cars. <laughs> two. It wasn't like it wasn't like two. Right. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, you came here with bottle car fest. It's like I guess nobody gets my chaplain costume. <laughs> uh, but yeah, two separate instances in one night walking around Philadelphia and people throw bottles at me. And uh, you know I don't I don't blame the city. No. Can't blame the city. Yeah, I might go back with a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the the thing about Los Angeles is it is enormous. But I think yeah. we've talked about this on the show before. It's 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 also a collection of small towns. Mm-hmm. It's just it's what I would tell it's people. Who, yeah. What I would tell sure. people who who beef about how big LA is. I, it's like it's just like Kansas, but our basketball teams have to drive shorter distances to get to the other game. It's like <laughs> all these towns are just butted up against each other. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think what Los Angeles does is it, it, it made it differentiates it from other towns in the sense, and New York I think to the same degree does as well, maybe to a lesser degree because it's you know it's a giant fucking island. Yeah. Um, but it it doesn't show you immediately where you belong. You know, I mean, if most cities that I go to, if I went to Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, most cities, it's the college, you know, it's the college area for folks like us. And you immediately know, like, well, this would be the place that I went to, you know, this would be where my bars and co-op and whatever the fuck are. And that immediately makes sense. And I think LA is off-putting to people who visit because it's just so massive and overwhelming. And 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 that that doesn't, yeah, it is so dispersed that people don't, it doesn't offer you this one thing. It's like, this is where you would belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a labyrinth where there are no dead ends. And if it does, you <laughs> ask the people that live there how much and they can, pay to rent, and, and it's four times more than the people in Lincoln, Nebraska are paying. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh fuck that. Can we talk about that? The labyrinth with no dead ends. Because what about the fucking minotaurs in this town? <laughs> <laughs> now, Bianca, tell me about this main event panel discussion. Oh, uh, it's Allison Wolf mm-hmm. from Bratmobile, Alice Bag, mm-hmm. uh, Drew Denny 
Yes. And my arch nemesis, Charlene Yee. Why is she your arch nemesis? We had an awkward traffic incident outside 826 LA. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sure she doesn't remember and I actually think she's great. but. And you didn't just go back in time and resolve it? Because <laughs> isn't 826 LA? Yes, the, the time, time travel smart. smart. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> It's I done. I imagine most interactions that Charlene Yee has are awkward. Yeah, fair enough. What happened? Did you beat her for a parking space? Did no, she, she kind of cut me off and oh. made it awkward for me to turn right hand. And I was, I was like, what is this person doing? I was like, I think that's Charlene Yee. <laughs> and then I walk into 826 LA. I'm like, yep, Charlene Yee's walking into 826 LA right now. Oh, man. So um, that won't be a question I will bring up. I was going to say, like, <laughs> oh, God. Would, so would you cut me off, Charlene? You but please do that. And I feel like she's the sort of person that you could easily resolve your differences via, like, dance-off. Ah. Or you could start a zine with her called Where'd You Learn to Drive? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say, you should bring it up because her like whole comedy is very like, let's be uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, Kay Bradford is moderating that panel. Yes. Uh, tell us about some of the folks and, and the moderator and what the panel is going to be about. Okay, well, um, it's kind of, I don't know. I kind of don't want to like restrict the panel, but sure. um, so all of these women are multi-talented people they're musicians and writers and activists and um you know comedians yeah so they've got a lot of mm, they've got a lot of ways that they interact with and present themselves mm -hmm. to like a, a huge audience yeah so one of the things that we were kind of interested in talking about is like you know how um how have connections with audiences changed? Like, because of, you know, whatever, because of technology, oh, yeah. because of evolution in scenes. Um, because another thing is, you know, Alice Bag was really active um, in the 70s, 80s with her bands. Um, Alison Wolf is kind of known, like, Bramobile is kind of like, you know, 90s stuff. And then um, Drew Denny and Charlene are kind of like more recent. So they kind of also represent like an evolution of. Uh, performance and evolution within you know kind of like indie independent underground stuff so um i think it would just kind of be interesting to like let them my idea for the panel was like what if we get a lot of beer and then we just like get a pizza and then they all like eat and drink and just kind of talk and it'll be kind of slow it'll be slow in the beginning but then it'll be really good you yeah. know I wanted to do the same thing to Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I've heard back from him yet. He's lactose intolerant. I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I guess uh, they're just gonna kind of talk about and discuss with each other their experiences as you know performers, writers, just doing, being creative people and producing. Hi, I'm Angelina Elise, and when I'm not playing ukulele or riding my bike, I'm listening to the Shaky Town Radio Hour. Now, we know about the event. Uh, we know about that there's this thing, LA Zine Week. Mm -hmm. um, we've already talked about the... Well, no, let's talk a little bit more about the panel I'm moderating. Not just because let's, I'm going to be there, start. but because... Um, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> um, actually, though, let's um, do this in chronological order. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so LA Zine Week itself mm -hmm. is Sunday, February 3rd to Saturday, February 9th. And uh, there's more information at lazineweek.wordpress.com. 
Uh, there's a zine sale yes. at Skylight Books, mm-hmm. 15% off. And they have grab bags. Um, yeah, they're making up like various cups, kinds of grab bags. Some of them yes. are like international artist books. So you can get like an Italian thing or like a Japanese thing, but you don't know because they're grab bags. Mm. You can also find problem, uh, problems, problem, solution. <laughs> we, I don't know if we've talked about that specifically yet. Problem, solution? No. Your zine. Yeah, we haven't, uh, we haven't talked about that yet. Okay. It's there. <laughs> Let's do it. It's there, it's there at Skylight. Huh? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. The problem solution is the one that hasn't come out yet. So the other one was the bargaining and negotiating one. Okay. The one. That okay. one's there? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that's Bianca's great. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then there is the David Scott Stone mm-hmm. and Box Song and Hex Horizontal and Catheter show at The Smell. Um, the Smell has a, they have a great zine library. They do. It's actually stocked by one of our organizers, Rhea. So if it's all full and fat and got plenty of stuff at that time, it's because of Rhea. Yes. Uh, that's a $5 show. So the Smell always has reasonable shows. Yeah. They have good shows, such as when Libby played drums. They have excellent shows, <laughs> starring Bertie Foster Hubbard. Uh, our favorite bookstore, The Last Bookstore. They're at 4th and Spring. Uh, they're doing this uh, consignment event. Yeah. Um, when I worked there, I don't work there anymore, but when I worked there, I was like in charge of the zine section, and it was kind of problematic to keep buying things outright. And so... Somehow, even though I don't work there anymore, I convinced them to do consignment and to like let me be in charge. So um, to kind of kick it off or uh, like give it a boost, we're gonna um, do two days where I'm in store and you just bring your zines, you sign the form, you get a copy of the form, and you're I'm, I'm putting the tags on them already. You know, like they're they're on their way to being processed and out on the shelves. Very cool. Vendables. So that'll be February 5th from 7 to 10, mm-hmm. and then the next day, February 6th from 3.30 to 6. Yes. Okay. Uh, the zine table, uh, the event that I am moderating the panel for, uh, that has uh, Jimmy Alvarado. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of like an East Side punk legend guy. Yeah. Um, he also-, also does podcasts for Razor Cake, and they're really, really good. Yeah. And didn't when there's some um, zine folk people, LA Zine Fest people on that? Um, I think they've recorded theirs on their own. I don't know if it's up yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like a guest podcast. Yeah, thing. yeah. And there and there's some other uh, Razor Cake folks that I'll be talking to. Oh, really? Um, on the uh, zine table. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> no, right now, they're waiting. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I, I should mention Bianca is organizing this one. Are they outside right now? <laughs> um. <laughs> do you remember this thing you asked me to do with these people you told me to research? Yeah. So um and we're kinda aiming that more towards just uh because Razor Cake is a, a music uh focused zine, mm-hmm. talking about counterculture and music and zines and just the intersection and and just how that helps build scenes. Mm-hmm. What's the closest bus stop to that is? I would have to say it would be the eighty one bus stop. Uh, you could get off uh, right there at 51 and York, take it down, 53 in York, and get a Scoops ice cream, come back. The the other Scoops location. <laughs> the other Scoops, the New Carlin Park Scoops Island Park, yeah. Vegan ice cream options. Yummy, yummy. Yeah, yeah. Pop, pop, books and print, 5002 York Boulevard. Uh, Lost and Found Zines. Now, this is this is a special thing here. This is, it's, it's $40, it's February 9th, it's from 1 to 5, mm-hmm. um, and this is like a cinematic zine class. Yes. So it's put on by the Echo Park 
Film Center, which is right there on Alvarado, kind of by, there's like a coffee shop and the Fred and Frog. Mohawk next Bend, to, right? No, that one's uh, Alvarado and Sunset. This one is like further north on Alvarado, heading okay. towards like the Vaughn's where Taco's own taco truck is. And, okay. Um, but it's right next to Machine Project. All right. And they came to us and were like, we're going to do a zine made with film. So they're going to do like film to paper transfers and like film loops and stuff. And we're not really even sure what it is. I think it's kind of like a secret, like how they're going to do stuff. And that's why they're like doing the workshop. But it sounds really, really cool. It sounds like something I've never heard of or anybody's ever heard of. Yeah. Kind of a unique to this place experience. So cool. it's also like five hours long and they promised it would be like a small class, like under under 15, under 12. Mm-hmm. So you're really going to get like the instructor's hands-on help and you're not going to burn a hole in your flesh with crazy chemicals or anything. So. Well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's we're really happy to have them kind of in on the week. So Very cool. And later that day, February 9th, uh, Dum Dum Zine issue release party. Now there's a, a good relationship between LA Zine Fest and Dum Dum Zine, I feel like. Yeah. Um, um, Talene from Dum Dum is like a super cool friend and she's been really active in like helping us out with stuff we do a lot of like cross promotion she's just really uh an exciting la person and there's uh the dj from part-time funks which is a a night uh at the echo Mm -hmm. right yeah Uh, there's also a dj from i think dub lab coming in and a couple people from la record like a flyer it's uh it's all on there but they're at the echo country outpost which i've never been to but i always want to go i feel like um angelina elise spot you were here for that episode Mm -hmm. when we talked to her yeah about that place i kind of always imagined it as like inside of like a chuck e cheese where they have the animatronic like country time band (laughs) it's really cool to be there have you seen the 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 the, there's a documentary on that word yeah in alabama bought an entire like either show show business yeah he bought that whole thing and put it in like his basement. Oh my god! So he just goes down there the like, with like a pizza and like would... watches it. And... That's really cool. That's what I would do <laughs> if I had all that money. It's cool. Like of all the things that you fun. think that you like, you cool. say that you'll do when you're five if you get money. Uh-huh. You don't really do when you're thirty-five. <laughs> right. You go to like grad school, mm-hmm. or you get a cool car, or a wife, and down family. Down house. <laughs> discover guy. discover crack cocaine. Really stuff is yeah yeah heroin or literature. So many distractions from right. your childhood dreams. Luckily, my childhood dream was to talk into a tape recorder. Yep. Speaking of talking into things, um, so, <laughs> so there's this kind of unofficial LA Zine Fest podcast where um, it, it takes place out of the Hot Pop. Do you know about the? As uh, we've talked a little bit about it, right? It's it's Simon and Rhea, and they go and talk. It's like a streaming thing, but it, I think there's archives. It happens at Poobah Records. Oh, Poobah Records. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, I actually, <laughs> they're first of all really bad at promoting it. I don't know <laughs> if maybe they tell everybody else and not me, or if they're just not telling anyone about it until it like happens. But they do have an unofficial podcast at Poo Bar Records, and I'm really jealous, first of all. <laughs> um, but second of all, yeah, not really, because they have to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's uh, Family Dinner Radio. 
right? <laughs> they had an amazing picture up of like Simon had photoshopped this black and white of a young Huel Hauser with his arm around these two like busty babes, and Simon had photoshopped her face and Rhea's face, but they just look with the hair. They have this bouffant hair. It just is like the worst. <laughs> they should never have that hair ever. They should use another picture. You can see right there. It's really. They- Barely. So I don't know. Are they, <laughs> Facebook. are they regulars on the show or is it just doing... Oh yeah, they're the hosts. They are the hosts. Yeah, music by DJ Mames. <laughs> Family Dinner Radio. And you have the Tumblr. We the got LAZ the Tumblr. Tumblr. You have the LA Zine Fest Twitter. We got it. You have these great profiles you're putting up of the Zinesters. Um, last year's archives are totally worth looking at. Um, they're really, really good. Yeah, and, and then of course this year, this year's Get to Know Your Zinesters. Um, and you, you put that those down every day. A uh, lot of great exhibitors. This uh, Zine Fest. Let's talk about some of them. Uh, Shaky Town Radio is going to be there. Shaky Town Radio. Let's just talk about. Never heard of them. Allison Crumweed. Crumweed. Oh, yeah. How do you pronounce that last name? Rose, I just know Rose. she has great art. I just call her Allison, and Rose. she's so nice. <laughs> She would never, you could say like, Allison, crew me why you And she would not correct, correct you. you. <laughs> she's like the sweetest sweetheart. Does these, um, she, she's very uh, into uh, River Phoenix. Loves the River Phoenix. Does these great drawings of him. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't know if the, I'm not the art person here. Uh, photorealistic? Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Photorealism is Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's like they thing. look, you know, it's, it's a very good yeah. likeness. It's not like an abstract art's yeah. good too, but like she captures like their image. Um, and a lot of people she's into. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tends to draw a lot of actors and, and things like that. She, she has a really good E.T. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who else there? Uh, Alex Reck. Brain Scan, Stolen Sharpie Revolution. Coming, coming. She's kind of, she wrote kind of the Bible of zine making. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stolen Sharpie Revolution. Um, she's also vegan. She now knows a lot of great vegan places to check out in LA. Yes, Because I gave does. her a big old list. Oh, we ordered Cruiser's Pizza last time so she good. was here, and I was like, oh my right? god. The Cory Girl really Pizza good. is really good. Uh, who else is coming? Drippy Bone Books, our Drippy own uh, friend Keenan Keller. Yep. Uh, Dum Dum Zine will be there. Tom Neely will be there. Uh, it, I Will Destroy You is, is kind of his label, and... Um, who who else are you comes like off the top of your mind? To... I'm really happy that um, Jen Tong and John Vermilia are coming back. They were there last year. I'm just like a huge John Vermilia fan. Um, I love his. Oh, he just has these amazing prints and really good stuff. Jen Tong works with color and like has these fanciful images, and she's a really good printmaker too. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about them. I'm excited for everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. I, not just to say you're, that, you're but like, everyone <laughs> is equally good. Peace and love. But I and think that, like, Adam Billison. Adam Billison will be there. Of course. Yeah. Uh, super Secret Pow Wow. Um, that's Brit. Yeah. And she, I love her stuff. I, I it, really great stuff. Uh, she's not a morning person. Jen Vened, yes. Mm-hmm. That's another I think Venegas. I'm not sure. Like Bianca said, uh, <laughs> Jen writes a great perzine, a personal zine, personal independent magazine called a perzine. Uh, really good stuff. Um, Ramsey Everyday Pants. I've become more familiar with, with Everyday Pants lately. Um, there's some comics and illustrations, zines, good stuff there. Um, 
I'm going down this huge list that we wouldn't possibly have time to name everybody. We could if we talked fast. <laughs> uh, Super Trooper, Angela Roberts. Um, I love Angela. I love that she wore a blonde wig at her table last uh, Zine Fest and uh, had uh, tapes of her band at that table. I, I tabled that table for a good 10 minutes while she that ran was off nice of you. It was fun. Oh, I thought you meant you put it in a, on a shelf to come back to later. And tabled it in Robert's yeah. Rules of Order fashion. Yeah. Nobody we'll bring, we'll Angela in the corner. We'll, we'll come back to this table. Um, yeah, Razor Cake obviously mm-hmm. will, will be there. They, they uh, have a present there. Pimp Killer Productions. I know who that is. Person Kills Pimps? What's that now? <laughs> uh, Pimp Killer is... Uh, I'm actually going to try to get Sarah Bitely on the show. She, uh, we, we came to know each other through a works, work, work works. situation. We signed confidentiality rooms. We can't talk about it. We worked <laughs> on a TV show together. Um, yeah, so... As far as you know. Yeah, it could have been a Joe Schmo kind of thing where, haha, nobody's ever going to see this actually. No. Um, the it, series, I'm sorry, the series is just really, it's good and I think that everybody should read it. We ask five questions of all the presenters, you know, like, describe your work, what's the best thing that happened to you because of zines, and some people give, you know, long answers, some people give short, but they're all really interesting insights into what to expect from each person's table, and we also have a picture of, like, them and their workup, and um, reading them kind of helped pull me out of thinking of ZineFest as work, like the work I have to do and the measurements I have to take and help me to start thinking about it in terms of like people coming together to share something that is obviously very important to them with me and lots of other people. But the it's just really fun to read all of them and obviously you can't read each one, but like on our Facebook page it posts so you know if you're there at the right time you can click it and read it and yeah, it's good. Everybody everybody should check it out. Yes. Now let's talk about problem <laughs> solution. All right. It's uh it's what what do you want to say about problem solution? Um it is a genius work <laughs> by a talented writer. Um totally alone without any other help from anyone reading it <laughs> feedback. Um <laughs> I uh I really am happy about how it turned out and um simon is actually one of the other organizers she's doing the illustrations for it and it should be runny should be ready i feel runny it should be runny (laughs) runny you have to let it dry first um (laughs) no no then then you go it's on a rack in my bathroom drying uh it should be ready by zine fest um but it's a uh kind of in the style of my last zine personal i want to say like essays it's not really essays it's I present a problem that I had and then I write a solution to it and sort of like give a little feedback about it Uh, example problem um, I feel poor the end that's my problem (laughs) and like solution how do you stop feeling poor so um, yeah, it's it's just kind of things that I've dealt with. I'm sure everyone has dealt with in their life, you know, feeling poor, uh, needing to switch banks because your bank's charging you money because you're poor. Um, <laughs> that always makes you feel like, awesome. Which makes you feel more poor. I know. And right? it makes you actually Oh, more God, poor. it's really... Especially when you even... overdraw something because the bank charges you five bucks. And, yeah, and then you want to go murder everyone at the bank. Yeah. Let me just tell you guys about the solution. It was credit union. 
Credit union was the solution. That was my solution too. Oh my <laughs> god! What it's wonderful, right? It beats it beats most people's solution to being uh, most people in the world's solution to being poor, which is getting murdered. <laughs> or starving. <laughs> what? Well, I was just thinking like all those people like in the you know favelas of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, their solution to being poor: be, get murdered. <laughs> the one bit of advice I would give to people who are dealing with banks is when you set up your account, go to the wealthiest zip code in your city. Go into that branch and set up your account there and get the phone number for the person that helped you set it up because that person is used to kissing the ass of people who have mm-hmm. a shitload of money. So it's a whole different mentality at that bank. So favors are just common. So if anything ever happens with your bank where you live in the shithole, <laughs> you can just call the that nice banks if you hey, lady that wipes rich asses, yeah, make those fees go. Yeah, I just noticed, <laughs> I just noticed some fees on my account. Can you, can you chat? And ask. That's the other thing, too, is is ask. ask. Is, yeah. is they most of the time will, uh, will reverse stuff if you beat them about it. Mm-hmm. In your face, bank. <laughs> well, my credit union ATM is now in a 7-Eleven, so I have 24-hour access to it and pizza. And Slurpees. And Slurpees. Yeah. And the world's most disgusting hot dogs. And really oh, bad hot dogs. You know what? Those are not the world's most disgusting <laughs> hot dogs. I'm going to tell you right now. AM, PM hot dogs aren't even on rollers, dude. They just put them in little sleeves. And little wow. At least those rollers are piping hot yeah. and generally kill yeah. most of the stuff that's on. Burning the hairs off or yes, whatever. Yes, exactly. Burned hairs are still, they're, they're <laughs> sterile. And that's the most important part. Bianca, where else should people look for you online to see your work and your oh. your musings? Oh, man. I'm really, I'm getting around to it. Oh. I really am. I... Have a blog. Uh, it's well, it's a Tumblr. Yes. Uh, you can trust me is my name, and um, I'm, I'm dubious about that. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> really. You can't. It was. <laughs> it concerns me. Are there references on this page? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I probably should put some like personal references up there. That would be really cool. I would appreciate available right. on request. I'll, I'll write a blurb for it. Okay. No. No, that would be awesome because. When I when I was a little kid, I used to like do stuff, and my mom would be like, "Bianca, what are you doing?" And I'd be like, "Mom, trust me, I I know what I'm doing." And then there would usually be like fire after that, like <laughs> re- like really shortly after that, um, and so it like became a joke with my mom. But I feel like I know kind of as good as anybody else what I'm doing around <laughs> here, you know. So like, why not? Um, I have that, and then. I don't know. I think that's all I have up on the internet. I do tweet. I have a Twitter. But when it's like ZineFest crunch time, it just becomes an auxiliary ZineFest Twitter. (laughs) And like where I post pictures of the things that I ate unintentionally. Well, (laughs) wait. Which is is unintentional? Are you eating or the posting? Are you like a baleen whale? You're just floating along, picking up tires? Kind of. Bianca is also known as Galactus either. I imagine some sort of Sea World dolphin food truck on bike crossover sort of thing where you just pedal by and just launch food out for you. You also use the past tense that you ate unintentionally, which leads me to believe that there are photos inside your stomach or like a a toilet photo. Like, ooh, I don't remember that. I was thinking more like an x-ray where it'd be like, oh, your stomach, and then there's like like a a Barbie doll or like a (laughs) T-square. She's like that that one dude from the Napoleonic Wars that had the flap where they studied digestion by putting stuff in Mm -hmm. his stomach. 
Um, so what sorts of things do you eat accidentally? <laughs> <laughs> you got to wait I, for the blog. I say leaning my chin on my hand. It's almost always ice cream. It's just almost <laughs> always ice cream. Sometimes it's not eat but drink. Sometimes it's a beer. The other day I was like putting up flyers and I was like, I should go put some flyers in here for the zine fest. And I was like, well, I'm here. I should probably have a beer. You don't want to just put flyers down there and throw them out once I leave. I got to be a good customer, you know? Calzone. So, yeah, calzone. Ate the calzone. I had a double scoop of ice cream at Scoops the other day. I'm just basically in that neighborhood. So it's not weak. quite accidentally. It's more like in solidarity. Or no, in good no it's totally an accident because I'm just like, I would, whoops, and I paid. <laughs> How did I pay? And it's in my body now. So it is a, it's a big accident. Big time. Mm. All right. No, it's not regrettable. I enjoyed that ice cream. Well, uh, <laughs> well, it was totally out of your control, even if you did. I was really. It was not my decision at all. Along along similar lines, and I'm trying to like avoid going towards potty humor specifically, but I am interested to know why you find bathrooms hilarious. Oh, okay. Well, actually, this time it wasn't hilarious. This it was hilarious this time, but it's like, okay. So I previously I don't give a fuck. I'm telling this story because it's funny. I wouldn't miss the mic up. I <laughs> came here once to. Hang out with Brody. We were just, what were we doing? We were just hanging out? Yeah. Yeah, we were just Drinking coffee. Out. Yeah, I brought those scones. Yes. And they were like hot. Scones. Brought, was that an accident? Or you put <laughs> this No, I made with these scones. It was very fox. intentional. Was All right. Intentional. She's very good in the kitchen. Um, I made these scones. We were eating these scones. We were having a really good time. Had a ton of coffee. Brody was like on this like gourmet coffee thing. And still am. Still am. I... <laughs> Was I went to the bathroom and I had to use the bathroom for the deuce. Yes, I was like for coffee, a coffee, job. coffee. I had to coffee. do a big job. Uh, you were excavating a pool. I had to do a job in the bathroom, and I went and I was like, ah, da 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 da. I was like looking around. This is a nice bathroom. This is a nice window. And then I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I did? And I flushed it, and it like didn't nothing happened and the water went out and then it did it not everything went out and I was like this is the first time that I'm in this man's house he's very nice and I have ruined his toilet so I was like I'm gonna look around and find a plunger so I'm looking around looking around I can't find a plunger I was like well, what do I do do I take water from the sink do I put it in the toilet do I try this again what is the procedure and then I was like how big is that window? Can I just get out that window right now? And I was like, is the window, ah, it seems like it's painted shut. You know? <laughs> like, okay, well, there goes that. And I was like, oh, what can I do? So I waited until it filled up and I flushed it again. And then I came out eventually and I was like, Brody, I'm so sorry. I broke your toilet. I broke your toilet. <laughs> and he was like, oh, he was super nice. He was like, oh, that's no problem. And this was around the time that you were, or you had done the zine workshop. And my friend Catherine was in the zine workshop and we're kind of laughing because Brody has this like long hair and this beard. He's super nice. We were calling him Zine Jesus. <laughs> and so like he went in there like totally selflessly and was like, my child, don't worry. And I plunged <laughs> this toilet and like it fixed everything. And I was like, I can't believe that I came here to talk to you about like Zine Fest stuff and collaboration and then like sealed the deal by sh like shitting up your toilet. Just totally... <laughs> Ruining your home. You broke the other We're like too. so. It was a pivotal moment in our relationship. Yeah, and then so now I came back and he was like, "Oh, be, be careful!" And I was like, "I got a good feeling." And then I walked into the kitchen. I was unbuttoning my pants. I was like, walked into the kitchen. I was like, "I'm gonna, I would have pee all over your sink." And then I was like, "Ha ha!" And I walked out. And then I opened the closet door. You and were... I was. Ah. 
cautiously trying to top yourself. Oh my god! <laughs> so we're gonna use the litter you, box. We're gonna use the litter box. Did you end up peeing in the bathroom? Yes, I made it. I made I it. The bowl it flushed was awesome. Well, so and it, it was this most, most recent event that piqued my curiosity because there was there was a mention of toilets when we all sat down, but then we took a break. And Bianca's like, I'm going to go use the bathroom. And she only walked. I knew she wasn't in the bathroom. Because she, she only walked like 10 feet down the hall and then busted into hysterics. And I was like, man, I didn't know that going to the bathroom could be so much fun. There, there's always a weird bathroom thing that happens, though, because we once went to Swark Coffee. In Eagle Rock, mm-hmm. and there was that woman who was just like camped down in there, and uh, like I knock on the door at one point just to make sure, like, cause like, well, maybe it's just I'm standing here yeah. like an idiot, and it's actually like it happens. open and available. Yeah. And I so I knock on the door, and, she's like, eh. and it's this door, she's like, "Do you need to use this now?" Yes. <laughs> at some point, not taking the census. So she wasn't like camped out in there sick. She was like camped she's out. She's probably like, shooting up. I mean, I really don't know though. For sure. She wasn't like in a tent. Yeah, soon. We'll soon. <laughs> Thanks for being cynical. And that's why Brody needed to use it right away too. Like, oh, hey, I really right. need to shoot up. It's my turn right now. Don't share work stuff. Safe. Be safe. You can share your zine work stuff. Yes. You can. Guard your vendables. Your, your wares. Your vendables, your wares. <laughs> and you can share it this February at LA Zine Fest. What? With LA Zine Week coming up before that. So Again. how did you ever get into this bathroom? Oh, I need, oh. I need yeah, I, she, she finally got on her way. I went, peed, walked out, and she went right back in there. She had to close <laughs> She had to close the temporal vortex that she had <laughs> Was there a toll? Did she chart? Is she like... Only the one taken on my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> on my very being. But she was. She didn't like take a guardian, <laughs> guardianship of this bathroom where she would like crack the door and be like, "Do you know the password?" And then like <laughs> she didn't like tell you a riddle. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a lady, not a Billy Goat It was like yeah, it was a speakeasy. It was a pee easy. All right, so. pee easy. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've envisioning like a, a sphinx type. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> LAZINEFEST.com. LAZINEFEST.com. Twitter at LAZINEFEST. You're just now saying words. And. Where should we follow you on Twitter? Oh, my Twitter handle is Coco the Gorilla. C O C O the Gorilla. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. They're everybody's favorite lipstick wearing monkey. <laughs> I had a time where on the airplanes, because I, I love lying to people when you travel about who you are and what you do. It's so the best I part. was using the sort of the word the name Monty Coco for a while when I travel. Like I was really nice chilling today. Coco. Monty Coco. <laughs> it's sort of smack of this like elegant, like dessert magnate. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And people kind of knew that I was full of shit, but that it was still just so pleasant. Yeah. That it just kind of rode out. Well, you're, you're sort of didn't your grandfather that, that drives a, smir- a sparkly vanilla colored Rolls Royce. It's actually an eclair. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a, like a fiberglass eclair on a, like the Oscar Mayer like movie. Yeah. 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 Well, didn't uh, didn't Monte Coco's uh, great grandfather invent Dutch process cocoa? Oh. Hence, hence the name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The the Monte Coco. Pastry It's actually pate au chou. Sounds like free of cocoa. But. Can't stand the stuff. You grew up around it. Yeah. <laughs> Bianca Berrigan, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And uh, you're welcome back anytime. 
And we actually hope to talk to you at ZineFest because we will be set up with recording devices. Oh, and, that's really cool. Yeah, chat with people and yeah. You know what we should do? We should chat with people, transcribe those chats, and make a zine. That's awesome. That's a genius idea. Boom. And then yeah. sell it at LA Zine Fest <laughs> 2014. Genius. No, there. Live. Boom. <laughs> oh my god. I, I'm good transcriber, I'm not that good a transcriber. <laughs> But just get the best. mimeograph going. <laughs> yeah, the zine. That's yeah. now see that to me. I think is the uh, the zine workshop that need, how how to how to use a mimeo without <laughs> falling prey to the temptation of, of huffing like <laughs> the, the uh, printing fluid. Oh man! Yeah, I'll suggest I think, this for next year. The yeah, mimeo workshop. Yeah. I think our, our Tom Fuleri, um overpowered pun that Bianca just made that I think bears repeating. She <laughs> called you. Xenius. Oh. <laughs> also my favorite character from Planet of the Apes, Dr. Xenius. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I don't think we can go anywhere from there. So... It's gotta be the end. <laughs> until <laughs> the next episode, or LA Zine Week, and certainly at LA Zine Fest, I am Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Gene George. I'm Libby Ward. I'm uh, Bob Schreiner. I'm Bianca Berrigan. And this, I'm, uh, uh, you did it. Oh. Yay.